0: All right, well, you made it. Christmas Eve service. Yeah. It's good to be with everybody. Thanks for coming and sharing some of this special weekend with us. Um, it's kind of fun to be here on a Sunday evening. Normally, we're like the Sunday morning crowd, you know. Um, but tomorrow, I know, is an exciting day for some kids. Anybody, any kids here? Any, any kids here? Any grown-ups excited about tomorrow? Whoa. It's showing you up, kids. Um, yeah, so I know that tomorrow is what you're really excited about, but to make this a little more exciting tonight, I brought gifts. Oh, pastor gifts. Those got to be horrible. No, they're not pastor gifts, okay? They're tennis balls filled with gifts, except for this one. Oh, no, there it is. So I got a gift for a first through fifth grader, and you got to earn it in just a second. I gotta, and, and it's, it's candy. I got a gift for a middle schooler right here, it's a surprise. And then I got a gift for a high schooler right here. So three lucky people (laughs) going out of here tonight with a tennis ball filled with something. Um, So first and fifth grader, if you want this, first of all, let me hear you, first and fifth grader. Okay, okay, there they are. They like tennis balls more than Christmas, that's cool. All right, so what you have to do, everyone, you gotta stay seated right now, I know you're excited, but I'm gonna ask you to do something and the first one that I see do it is gonna get the tennis ball. I'm gonna throw it to you and you have to protect your neighbors and yourself as much as you can. Balcony, you count, I've been practicing all day for this. All right, but you gotta sit down right now or it's disqualified 100%, okay? So, uh, when I say what you're supposed to do, you gotta do it, first one to do it, ready? question? First to fifth grader. Fifth grader counts. What are you? Second grader. That's it, man. That works. First, second, third, fourth, and fifth. Sorry, I should have been clear. All right. You have to stand up and clap five times. All right. that That was quick. Did you come last service and study and learn? No? All right. Just quick. Okay. Middle schoolers, where are you at? Okay, there's some over here that are loud and very calm ones over here. Okay? <laughs> oh, I'm not calm. Um, okay, so um, remind me to explain what's in here. This one requires a little bit of explanation. Um, but I can't tell you now because I'll tell you why later. Um, middle schoolers, you have to stand up and say Merry Christmas. Oh my goodness. Way in the back. And, and you two, is that Wallersheim's up there? Yeah. So you guys, yeah. this, is hard, this is a little hard, because you guys are, you guys tied. So you have to do a brother and sister fight. You have to fight, but Christian fight. Christmas Christian fight. All right, here we go. Everybody, everybody protect your, your loved ones. Okay, I'm throwing it up there. You ready, Joe? It's coming to you. Oh! Are you serious? It's a Christmas miracle. I thought for sure I was hitting the chandelier on that one. Wow. We should just wrap this thing up right now. Um, all right, so, so that has a, has a Dutch Brothers gift card in there. It's all cut up. Don't be disappointed. They said the only thing you need is the QR code, and you're good to go. If oh, you're welcome. That's nice right there. If you have any problems, come talk to me. Um, okay, high schoolers, I know you're too cool for everything. and I don't even care about anything. Well, there's cash in here. Because, oh, what do you want for Christmas? I just want cash. I just want cash. Okay, so there's cash in here. Okay? There's a whole dollar in here. No, it's more than a dollar. It's more than a dollar. So high schoolers, you're too cool, but if you want this cash, you got to do this. Stand up and sit down. Dang, way in the back again. Yeah, Nate, you're right. There's windows right there. You're disqualified. Just kidding. No. Here we go. Right, so I'm coming right back here. Okay. You got it? It's for, it's for the person in the back, back though. But you're going to catch it for them? Yeah? Team effort? Okay. So someone catch it, but it's for the lady right there in the back. Put your hands up. It's for her. Yes. Here we go. Ready? I can't get it in there. I'm going to kill someone. Everybody, protect your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Jesus said it. Here we go. Oh. Man, who put that there? Okay. There you go. Merry Christmas, everybody. Now, let's get to the other part. (laughs) Um, So we lit these candles. We've been doing this all month. Um, We lit the candle for hope. Did a message on hope. We lit the candle for peace. Did a message on peace. I thought this was the love candle. It's not. It's the joy candle. Why'd they make it pink? It's like love. But I I messed up. I got corrected on that. So this is the joy candle, and then we lit the love candle. This middle one is the candle um, that represents Christ, because he's the one that brings all those things. And uh, when we do the candle lighting at the end, we'll use that candle to light all the candles in the room. So, um... I'm going to go ahead and read 1 Corinthians 13, the passage that we read earlier, and I know it's not a Christmas passage per se, but um, I think it's where we're supposed to be tonight. 1 Corinthians 13:8 says, love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. No offense, children. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we'll see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Jesus came because of love. And Jesus died because of love. And Jesus rose from the dead because of love. And Jesus gave us his spirit because of love. And Jesus has promised to come again because of love. And Christmas is a time we'll remember when God in all his divinity and limitlessness, took on human flesh and became a baby born in Bethlehem to Mary and Joseph. And some shepherds came and later some wise men came. And there were angels celebrating and there were stars in the sky. To all celebrate and commemorate this moment where God was demonstrating his love in such an intense way, in a way that we'll never fully comprehend the incarnation. But God was moving. He was acting in love. He was making the first move. And we're celebrating all of that, and, you know, hopefully you'll read Christmas story tonight or tomorrow and, and remember all of those things. But tonight, I really felt like we were just supposed to focus on love And my prayer has been that actually, somehow in this room, we wouldn't just kind of hear a message and somehow experience God's love in our minds, but somehow in the space and time that we're together, we'd actually tangibly feel the manifest love of Christ. And so we're going to learn about it a little bit and then hopefully participate with it. There's three phrases in this um, passage that I'm going to unpack for us tonight. First of all, love never ends. The second one is when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. And the last one is then I shall know fully even as I have been fully known. First of all, love never ends. There's a lot of things in this life that end. Relationships end. People's lives end. This sermon I promised will end. But love never ends. And I literally have been interacting with normal human people. They're not some. Human people are not as normal as others. We're just going to say that. I'm not trying to bring any shade or anything, but these are as normal human beings as I can tell, and they are literally concerned with what's going to happen next year and in the years to come. Some people think that AI is going to take over everything and ruin and destroy the world and humanity. And they're not, like, incoherent. There's some reasonable capabilities that they have that they're saying this, and they're concerned. But the Bible tells us that no matter what happens with AI, love will remain. And there's some people that think extraterrestrials will take over and destroy the world, and we used to laugh at them, and now we're like, huh? I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't know what's going on there. But no matter what ET does, the Bible says love will remain. Some people think humanity itself is the plague of, hum- of, the, of creation and that we're destroying the world. And we as people who believe God created the world, we have our part to play, no doubt about it. But even if people get it all wrong, the Bible says love will remain. And some people think nuclear war and hate will destroy the world. And because of all the conflict in our world right now, it's a little easier to feel that. But no matter what happens we can know for sure that love will remain because love never ends. And the reason that love never ends um, is because at the core of the promise is God. You see, people have been betting against the Bible for thousands and thousands of years, but the Bible remains. And what it says remains and continually rings true generation after generation Because what inspired the Bible was a different kind of AI. It was almighty intelligence. Yeah, you can can use that however you want. Make millions off that. That's fine. No problem. But behind the Bible is the inspiration of God himself. And what is at the core of God is love. This is why love never ends. And just to prove, for God to make it clear to us that his love never ends, Jesus came and he faced death and rose again, proving that God's love is stronger than death, because his love never ends. The second thing is, when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away, and uh, this, is, this is a really important promise. In this passage, there's a big debate within you know, Bible scholars as to what this means when the perfect comes. Is the perfect talking about when Jesus came? Um, babe in Bethlehem is the perfect, talking about kind of the start of that and the culmination of the whole New Testament, and when that's all completed and canonized, that's the perfect, and then the partial goes away, and then some people think that it's when Jesus comes back in the end, and I am partial <laughs> to the third, we could explain all that later, but for our purposes today, mainly what Paul is just trying to say is that there is something perfect, and there is something partial. And what we know and experience right now is partial. It's pixelated. We see it through a, through, a, through a glass dimly. Another way to put it is Paul is saying that when the main course arrives, there's no need for the appetizers anymore. Those go away. Or when the movie comes out, you don't need the trailers anymore. Because you can go experience the real thing. And when Jesus came into earth, God came and dwelt among us, Emmanuel. When God came, it was like the main course was now available to everyone. And the movie was now out. And yet some of us still choose appetizers and trailers. There's a little debate in my own family. Uh, You know, it's like if there's real ice cream, why would you waste time with frozen yogurt? It just makes no sense to me. I'm alone, I feel like, right now. I think I'm alone in my family, too. But that's okay because I'm up here telling the truth, you know? You see, Jesus brought the real and full and forever kind of hope, peace, joy, and love. In Christ, none of those things are partial, they're complete. What Jesus offers us is the real deal. So don't settle for the counterfeits that the world, the flesh, and the devil offer. Don't fall into the trap so many have fallen into before, looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for love in too many faces. The love that this world has to offer that we find here is a counterfeit. You need to understand that you'll never feel fully loved until you feel the full love of the one who made you, the one who died for you, and the one who longs to walk with you each and every day. This phrase has stuck with me for a long time. You'll never find yourself until you find yourself in the Father's love. No matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you want to find it, you will never find yourself until you find yourself in the Father's love. It's him and his love that put the breath in your lungs and the beat in your heart. He is the one that your heart longs to know. And everything else will leave you unsatisfied. And lastly, the third, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known, this is a wild promise. There's a few things in the Bible where it's just like, if someone came off the street and told me this and I didn't know it was in the Bible, I'd be like... You're, you're crazy. You can't say stuff like that. Lightning is going to come down strike you or whatever. Um, and this is one of them. Paul is saying here, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he's writing to the people in Corinth, and he's telling them about love. And what he says to them is that there is, there is a moment in your life. There is a time where God is planning to make himself known to you in a way that You will know fully even as you are fully known by him. You will know him fully even as you are fully known by him. Now, we do know that there's a difference between our mental capacity and God. So this isn't about gigs and RAM and memory and all of that. Basically, what Paul is saying is he's describing this intimacy that God created you for. That basically what he's saying is you will be fully known. There will be no separation anymore. There will be no mystery anymore. Our faith will become sight is God's plan. Just like in the beginning, Adam and Eve, they walked with God. They were naked and there was no shame. That's God's plan for you. Like when God spoke to Moses, not as man to God, but as a friend, face to face. That's God's plan for you in Christ Jesus. Like when Jesus came and was actual flesh and blood, a baby, and walked our sod, felt our pain, was tempted in every way that we are, yet without sin. No separation. Or like Revelation says it, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And night will be no more. They will not need lamp or light of the sun, for the Lord their God will be their light. And they will reign forever and ever. From the very beginning to the very end, God is calling and saying, I want to be with you. Some people think the goal of the creator God is control, but they're wrong. The goal of God is intimacy with you. It's love. It's love. Now, most people are here tonight because they have actually experienced the love of God. They actually have felt loved by Jesus, and they actually have received that love, and they're actually being formed into people of love so that they can give that love. They've discovered that there is a love that helped them forgive others and even forgive themselves. There's a love that has covered all their sins, a love that makes them unafraid of death and disease. A love that is so unexplainable at times you can hardly speak. And a love so sweet it set their heart free and undid all their shame. A love that is literally not of this world. A love which has its source in the creator God who longs for everyone to know and experience. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. But for many people here, they think that if they actually came to Jesus, if they actually talked to God, if they actually came to church, if they actually pressed in, that what they would get is condemnation. But they would be so surprised if they'd give God a chance to love them. Because they'd taste the real deal. For me, love came into my life, the love of Jesus came into my life and it stole things from me. Yeah, it doesn't seem right. Wait till you hear what it stole from me. It stole selfishness. I didn't think the world around world revolved around me. I never thought that or said that or anything. It just seemed like it. <laughs> and I, you know, I would try to be nice to people or whatever, but I didn't really care. And I remember when Jesus came and kind of in a whisper just spoke to my heart and said, do you want to keep doing life your way or do you want to see what I have in store? And at the time in my life, I, everything was fine, but I didn't really know if I could have better ideas than God. So I took him up on his offer, and I said, I want your way. I want to see what you have in store. And I, didn't know, I don't know when it happened. I just know that in the course of the next few months and year, all of a sudden, it was like I got so much joy out of lifting someone else up, out of encouraging them. I didn't care if I got lifted up at all in the relationship or in that moment of service. I just started to find so much joy in helping other people out. And what was happening was I had received the love of God. I had received the love of Christ and it, it actually hit me and it was so powerful that it actually began to change me into a person of love. It actually began to shift me. The love of Jesus stole my pride and selfishness. Jesus was so patient with me. He was so kind. He kept knocking on my heart, telling me about a better way. And then when I finally realized I needed his help in this life, he was there. Not frustrated or angry with me. He was excited to get to share And get started with me. Even though I made him wait. And he showed me how to love others more than myself. And it opened up a world so much better and so much richer than my self-centered world I was stuck in. And so the question tonight is, do you want to be filled with the love of Christ? It's a very dangerous question. No doubt about it. But do you want to be filled with the love of Christ? That's why Jesus came, so that you and I could be filled with his love. Not just know it up here, but be filled with it and experience it and participate with it and let it have its work in our own hearts. Will you bow your heads in prayer with me? I spent a lot of time praying about this moment right now, and this morning, I was praying and asking that Jesus would fill us with his love. We can't do it ourselves. we need him to come and i as I was praying, I, I saw a picture of three three people. And I'm going to read those to you, to us tonight. And they might make sense to one one of you or a couple of you. But as I was praying that we would experience the love of Jesus, this is what came to mind. I saw a family who had just lost one who was young. And I saw the name Sarah. And I saw you were so very hungry. And Jesus came to you, and he fed you, and he filled you. And if that speaks to you tonight, just receive that from the Lord. I'd love to hear about it after service. But Then I saw a boy wearing a blue vest, huddled up and crying. And Jesus came with tattooing tools. That, that's how you know I'm not making this stuff up. He had tattooing tools, and he drew a brand onto the boy saying, This one is mine. And the brand said the word irreversible. And what Jesus was saying is this one is mine no matter what he's done or what has happened to him. He's not a throwaway. And I saw Jesus and someone facing each other, but the person would not make eye contact with Jesus. I sensed this person had homosexual desires and didn't quite know what to do with it all. And Jesus told the person, we'll work on the right and wrong, good and bad later. First, I just want to love you. And Jesus kept smiling and moving around to try and catch their eyes until the person finally looked at him and then they both started laughing. And one more. Someone who has been a skeptic with questions that have held them back from surrendering to Jesus. Yet at the same time, every time they look at a child, they they just admire the simplicity and innocence of the child. And and this person, Jesus, is calling as a child to open the door of your heart. Just take the first step and let him worry about the rest. We're going to sing a song now um, about the love of God. And the whole point of this song is just kind of be a backdrop for your time with Jesus right now. I know the kids are fussing a little bit and all this. No problem. Nobody's worried about it. Only you. Don't even worry about it at all. We're just going to take just this one song. We're just going to try and sit here and see if the love of Jesus can actually get through the walls, the coldness, the darkness, the frustration, whatever you have in your heart. Just ask Jesus to get his love all the way through to the core.